Some people are more empathetic than others. They're simply more tuned in to the feelings of other people and seem to be able to walk in their shoes without even thinking about it. Dr. Joel Salinas is like that, and then some. He's a neurologist at Massachusetts General Hospital who knows exactly what other people are feeling. If you are gasping for air, I feel it in my body. If you're having a panic attack, I feel it in my body. And that's something that happens all the time with everyone I see. Salinas has what's called synesthesia, a word that means blending of senses in ancient Greek, a result of cross-wiring in the brain. Salinas's version is known as mirror-touch synesthesia, with his vision and touch centers merged. He writes about it in his book Mirror Touch, notes from a doctor who can feel your pain. The vision part of our brain and the touch part of our brain will both activate when we see other people either moving or being touched or in pain. And this happens without us knowing. And this almost kind of creates like a 3D kind of virtual reality simulation of the people around us. Selena says everybody's brain has a mirroring network. It's just that his is very large and active. You may be familiar with that activity if you were seeing someone playing football and suddenly get tackled all of a sudden or someone riding a bicycle and suddenly falling over and hitting their face. That cringe that you get, that is kind of essentially part of that mirroring network becoming very active. So you feel as if it happened to you. Selena says this all happens without thinking. He's been this way as long as he can remember and was surprised to learn that other people aren't the same way. I was kind of immersed in the mirrored contortions of the people that I was seeing on television. So like if I'm watching the Roadrunner cartoon, Roadrunner sticks out his tongue, I feel like my tongue is sticking out. If I see Wiley Coyote get hit by a truck, I feel like I'm hit by a truck. And it really was only until medical school, that first year of medical school, that I learned that synesthesia was even a thing, let alone that my sensory world was so different compared to other people. However, it's not as if Salinas is completely alone. He says about 2% of people have mirror-touch synesthesia to some degree, and about 4% have one of the other forms of synesthesia. Salinas has some of those kinds, too. Someone with synesthesia, known as a synesthete, may see colors and letters and numbers or experience flavors with sounds or sounds with texture and all sorts of kind of unexpected types of combinations. For me, for example, one form of synesthesia that I have, this letter color synesthesia, because of that, the word cat the letter C is black, the letter A is red, and the letter T is red orange. And all of them kind of come together as the word cat, where it's almost like a cloud of black with red puffs and red orange puffs. It's totally automatic, and it's just kind of a part of the hardwiring of my brain. Imaging studies of people with synesthesia essentially show that these people have more wiring between brain cells that are located in different parts of the sense areas of the brain. So someone who experiences color with sound, for example, the sound would enter their ear. The hearing part of their brain would show as active or fire. And then also the vision part, kind of creating this experience of color with sound. As you might expect, many people with synesthesia become artists and musicians. Colors and sounds speak to them in ways the rest of us don't understand. And since other people's bodies speak to Salinas, it makes sense that he became a doctor. He says that sometimes it's helpful in making diagnoses. For example, a woman who was unable to speak and was fighting her nurses in the hospital. Salinas was called in to give her medication to calm her down. And then there's this other kind of mirrored feeling that I feel that I can't shake. And that's the feeling of my chest rising and falling faster than my own chest. It's like I'm having a hard time keeping up with that 
rate of the mirroring breathing. And then I also feel very subtle, almost negligible feeling of my shoulder muscles activating. And specifically, the shoulder muscles are called the accessory muscles of respiration, which usually only happen when someone is short of breath. So I end up taking a chance and trusting my body, trusting my mirror touch anesthesia, and I recommend a special test, and the results come back, and it turns out she has blood clots in her lungs. She wasn't really fighting because she was angry. She was literally fighting for air, and without my mirror touch anesthesia, I'm not sure that I would have been able to catch that as early as I did. But sometimes this abundance of empathy becomes too much as it was the first time Selena saw a patient die when he was in medical school. We run into this waiting room where this man is lying on the floor and someone's already begun to do compressions on his chest. And as they're intubating him and doing these chest compressions, I feel as if someone is doing compressions on my chest, like my back is on the linoleum. I feel the sharp sensation of a breathing tube slid down the back of my throat. And with each artificial breath, I feel as if my chest is kind of inflating and deflating. And as he died, there was this kind of emptying kind of feeling. I, I described it before as kind of like if you've been sitting in a room with an air conditioner for hours and then suddenly the air conditioner just stops, there's this kind of eerie silence. And for me, it's like all these mirrored sensations suddenly just disappear and all I'm left with is kind of this very disconcerting kind of feeling as if I had died myself. I essentially have to will myself to breathe. Then Salinas ran to the nearest bathroom and threw up. Since then, he's tried to expose himself to other difficult situations so he can control them. Then he grounds himself through distraction. I'll kind of bring all of my attention to the feeling of my tongue in my mouth or my toes in my socks or just removing whatever kind of sensory information is affecting me, which if I'm looking at somebody who's suffering in pain or it's in the middle of an emergency and I need to really focus, I will not really focus on the person's experience, but look at something that doesn't have a face or doesn't look like it has emotions. So that could be like a sleeve or a collar and really just yeah, bring myself, kind of really ground myself. Selena says he's not really unique. Everyone's brain has a mirroring network, and it's possible to enhance our empathy by steadily concentrating on the feelings of others rather than ourselves. How different will the world be if we didn't just think about what it's like to be in other people's shoes, but also feel what it's like to be in other people's shoes, to then reason through that experience and respond from a truer, more enduring place of compassion and kindness. You can find out more about Dr. Joel Salinas and his book, Mirror Touch, through links on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Accidental falls are a leading cause of injury and death in older Americans. In fact, one in three people age 65 and older will take a fall at some point that diminishes their quality of life. Falls can happen for a variety of reasons, but Dr. Katie Davenport, a practicing emergency physician and member of the American College of Emergency Physicians, explains how to reduce your risk. Emergency physicians have outlined seven simple steps to avoid falls in a new video. Here are a few of them. First, improve strength and balance with exercise, like Tai Chi. Check your home for hazards that could cause you to trip, like loose rugs. Make sure you wear supportive footwear, and if your medications make you feel lightheaded or dizzy, ask your doctor or pharmacist about alternatives. For more tips, visit www.emergencycareforyou.org. 
The 7-Step Fall Challenge video outlines common steps you can take right now to greatly reduce your risk of falling. Just go to emergencycareforyou.org to view it and find more information. That's emergencycareforyou.org. Medical Notes This Week For years, doctors have told patients to take aspirin to ward off heart disease. But a new study in the journal Clinical Cardiology finds that for certain heart disease patients, it may be bad advice. The study shows that patients receiving long-term treatment for plaque buildup get little or no benefit from taking aspirin. Despite the findings, doctors still recommend aspirin for more immediate situations, such as during a heart attack or stroke. A new study shows unprecedented success in treating America's second fastest growing cancer, multiple myeloma. Findings presented at an American Society of Clinical Oncology conference show that every single patient in the study responded favorably to a new form of treatment called CAR-T therapy. CAR-T is gene therapy for a patient's disease-fighting T-cells. Although the study was small, the results are promising for more than 60,000 Americans who have myeloma. And finally, a catch-22. A new study in the journal Depression and Anxiety finds that the social pressure to feel happy is actually making us sad. The study shows that the more someone feels they should not be anxious or sad, the more likely they are to show signs of depression. This suggests that social environment plays a part in whether or not someone is likely to experience depression. And that's Medical Notes this week. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.